right combination of buttons. Good morning. Merry Christmas. No, it's, it's not Christmas, but it's always Christmas for Christians. It's always Easter also. Um, this month there is five Sundays in the month of August, and so the fifth Sunday of the month of August, Rudy takes it off. And he's still here. He still made coffee. He still uh, cut the muffins. He was still early and put the signs up, so he really didn't get a day off. But uh, I'm glad that he was here. Um, so it is my turn to preach. So let me find my notes here. There it is. And I will do my best to keep it short so that we can uh, get over to Paul Ream Park and, and celebrate a baptism after the service. So let's begin, if you have your Bibles handy, we are going to be in Galatians chapter 1. There we go. Verses 1 through 12. I'm going to go ahead and, and, and read our portion of scripture that we're going to be in. And then, uh, then we'll begin with a word of prayer. Paul, an apostle, not sent from men, nor through the agency of men, but through Jesus Christ and God the Father, who raised him from the dead, and all our brethren who are with me, to the churches of Galatia, grace and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, who gave himself for our sins, that he might deliver us out of this present evil age according to the will of God our Father. I am amazed that you are so quickly deserting him who called you by the grace of Christ for a different gospel, which is really not another. Only there are some who are disturbing you and want to distort the gospel of Christ. But even though we or an angel from heaven should preach you to you a gospel contrary Contrary to that which we have preached to you, let him be accursed. As we have said before, so a, I say now again, if any man is preaching to you a gospel contrary to that which you received, let him be accursed. For am I now seeking the favor of men or of God? Or am I striving to please men? If I were still trying to be please men, I would not be a bondservant of Christ. For I would have you know, brethren, that the gospel which was preached by me is not according to man. For neither I received it from men, nor was I taught it, but I received it through a revelation of Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Father in heaven, thank you for your love, your grace, your mercy, for your word, for your gospel, your good news. Father, thank you. Here we are to worship you in spirit and in truth. Bless us. Open up our eyes and our ears and our hearts. And Father, I pray that you would put your words in my mouth. I pray that you would forgive me of my sin and forgive us of our sin. We pray that you would be glorified by everything said and done here today in this place. 
In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, here we dig in. Verse 1, Paul, an apostle, not sent from men. What's an apostle? It's a special witness to the resurrected Jesus, an eyewitness. There's other definitions, but in this, uh, in this context, that is what we're going to go with. He uh, was called not by men, not through the agency of men, but through Jesus Christ and God. If you remember the story, Paul had an encounter with the risen Jesus. And that's when he uh, began his training to become an apostle. Not through men, but through Jesus, but through God. Okay. And God the Father who raised him from the dead. So here it says that God raised Jesus from the dead. And all our brethren with me and to the churches of Galatia. This is a letter written to the churches in Galatia, which is a region of southern Turkey. Uh, and these were individual congregations. Verse 3, grace and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. So the source of grace, the source of peace is God the Father and His Son Jesus. Now grace, what is grace? God's unmerited favor. That means we don't deserve it, we don't earn it, we can't work for it, and peace. We could go a couple of different directions with peace. We could be prosperity and comfort, a lack of war, good welfare, uh, all of our needs taken care of, harmony. Uh, I think possibly not is, would be the context of this one, but it would be peace between God and man. If you, I'm just going to flip there. Uh, Christmas story to Luke chapter two. I had a bookmark in there and there it is gone. Okay, Luke chapter 2, verses 13 and 14. Jesus was born in Bethlehem. The shepherds were out in the, in the fields with their flocks, and suddenly there appeared with, an, with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth. Peace among men with whom he is pleased. Or in other translations, with, upon whom his favor rests. If you remember the uh, Christmas carol, peace on earth, goodwill towards men. <coughs> but it is peace between God and man. I think this is the kind of peace that uh, Paul is speaking of. Also, John, I do have a bookmark there, just to give us an idea of the kind of peace that he is talking about. Not the worldly peace, not the... Uh, Comfortable peace, but peace between God and man. In Luke chapter 2, verse 14. Oops, wrong.
passage. No, it's John 14, 27. There we go. Crossed up on my notes. Peace. This is Jesus speaking. Jesus speaking to his apostles. He says, peace, I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled, nor let it be fearful. So it's the kind of peace that Jesus gives. The kind of peace that eliminates the troubled heart. The kind of peace between God and man. Okay, verse 3. It's Jesus' peace. And it's grace and peace from God our Father and Jesus who is the source, who are the source of peace. Verse 4, who gave himself for our sins that he might deliver us out of this present evil age according to the will of God our Father. Okay, this is speaking of Jesus. In verse 3, it's speaking of Jesus. He continues, that thought, Jesus, who gave himself for our sins. He gave himself for our sins. We're going to get into that a little bit more in a little bit that he might deliver us out of this present evil age. Anybody watch the news? Scroll on Facebook, listen to the radio. Is this a present evil age? How about yesterday? Was yesterday an evil age? The day before? I'm going to assume that there's a pattern here and say tomorrow is part of this present evil age. Uh, If you look at the evil that is happening in our nation, if we look at the evil that is happening in the world to the persecuted saints, to those who are losing liberty, to those who are living in fear, this is an evil age. But he will, Jesus delivered himself to deliver us out of this this present evil age. Remember in... um, And John, he says, let not your hearts be troubled. So I want to uh, reaffirm that peace that God gives in Jesus Christ to us. That peace, that reconciliation between God and man. So that our hearts will not be troubled. So that he might deliver us out of this present evil age according to the will of God our Father. It's his will. He does this. He chooses this. He chooses to give us grace. And peace. Verse 5 To whom be the glory forevermore. Amen. And he does indeed de- deserve to be glorified and acknowledged for it forever. Okay, now turn the page. That was a nice greeting from, uh, from Paul to the churches in Galatia. Now the tone changes. Now the shoe drops. He continues on in verses 6. He says, I am amazed that you are so quickly deserting him who called you by the grace of Christ for a different gospel. Yeah, major tone change. It goes from greetings, grace, and peace from God our Father and our Lord Jesus Christ to deliver us from this evil age. I am amazed. You know, just, just yesterday I was scrolling through uh, Facebook and it said there was one of those, I don't even know how you say it, a meme, a meme. 
if Paul were to write a letter to the churches in America, what would he say? Now, I'm not trying to modify Scripture, and I'm not trying to add to Scripture or put words in the Apostle Paul's mouth. But the way the, the meme went is, I don't know, grace and peace from God the Father and our Lord Jesus Christ to deliver you out of this present evil. Would he write anything different to us? He starts in this meme, quote, unquote, I don't know where to begin. But if he were to write a letter to the churches in America, I think he'd say pretty much the same thing. He's amazed that we have deserted him, him who? Jesus, who called you? Jesus called us by the grace of Christ for a different gospel. Okay, gospel, gospel, that word has meaning. It means good news. So there is good news, and there is another gospel. Verse 7, which is really not another. So if it's not another gospel, it's not good news. Only there are some who are disturbing you who want to distort the gospel of Christ. The gospel of Christ, the good news of Jesus Christ. There are other gospels out there, brothers and sisters, beloved. There is other gospels out there, which is not another. And to distort it means to change it, to add to it, or to take away from it. We're going to get into that. We're going to get into what the gospel is, and that's going to be the major takeaway from today. Verse 8, even though we, and I thought that was a wonderful uh, coincidence that that verse 8 in Galatians chapter 1 was our memory verse. I think that was intentional, wasn't it? Okay, but even though we or an angel from heaven should preach to you a gospel contrary to that which we have preached to you, let him be accursed. Now, we, we, that would be Paul. That would be the apostles. That would be the teachers, the preachers, the bishops of the individual congregations preaching the gospel to those who are called to hear. Into his grace and peace. Now it does talk about an angel coming to preach a different gospel. Now, Paul is using an argument from absurdity. There's a Latin word for it, argument ad absurdum. He takes a concept to its very logical conclusion just to show how absurd it is. Now, really, would God set an angel to speak to man to preach a gospel contrary to what he has previously revealed to Paul and to all of the other apostles? May it never be, right? That's absolutely absurd. Or is it? It's impossible. So verse 9, accursed. Accursed, the Greek word would be anathema. Cast out, cursed. Cursed, it means cursed. As I said now, said before, so I say again now, if any man is preaching to you a gospel contrary to which you received, let him be accursed. I said it before, I said it now, again. 
I'm going to repeat myself. If anybody preaches, any man this time, preaches a gospel different than what you have already previously received, out with him. Accursed. It's not absurd anymore. It's not impossible anymore. There are men that preach a false gospel, which is not a gospel. Verse 10, for am I now seeking the favor of men or of God? Or am I striving to please men? If I were still trying to please men, I would not be a bondservant of Christ. A bondservant is a slave, a servant. Favor with men, that would be, you know, status, power, wealth, position, etc. Whereas one who serves God, it's grace and peace. From God the Father and His Son, our Lord Jesus Christ. Salvation, justification, forgiveness of sins. That would be favor from God. That would be grace from God. Ah, let's see, verse 11. For I would have you know, brethren, that the gospel which was preached by me is not according to man. It didn't come from men. It didn't come from theology classes. It didn't come from heavy thinkers. It didn't come from the guy with the funny glasses and the sports jackets with the patches on their elbows. It did not come from man. But what is this gospel? We're going to have to go there. And so let's turn to 1 Corinthians. Back a few pages. Now I know I've hit here before, and I will hit here again. Like I said before, I say it now again. <clears throat> this is the gospel defined according to Scripture. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, starting at verse 1. Now, this is Paul again. I make known to you, brethren, that the gospel which I preach to you, which also you received, in which you also stand, by which also you are saved. If you hold fast the word which I preached to you, unless you believed in vain. For I delivered to you, as of first importance, what I also received. That, here we go, Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures. And that he was buried and that he was raised on the third day, according to scriptures. There is the gospel, that Christ died for your sins. That he was buried, because that's what is done with dead people. He was really dead. And that he raised again on the third day. He was dead, he was buried in the tomb for three days. And he was raised again. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. According to the scriptures. Not according to a man. Not according to a, them a theological school or a seminary. According to the guys with the patches on the elbows of their sports jacket. This is not an invention by man. 
If it were an invention by man, it would be a self-improvement invention. You have to do better today than you did yesterday. You're going to have to have 13 or 14 or 15 steps to improve yourself. There's going to be a list of do's and there's going to be a list of do-nots. In fact, there's only two religions on the earth. It is a religion of man, of good works, of self-improvement, of doing better, that your good works outweigh the bad, that hopefully I'm a good person, or I'm trying, or I honestly believe, or I'm very sincere. These are all man's invention of religion. The divine revelation of his plan to redeem mankind from this present evil age is this, that Jesus died for our sins, that he was buried, and that he rose again on the third day according to scriptures. That's the takeaway from today. That's what I want you to remember. So that if one asks, what is this gospel? What is this good news? That Jesus died for our sins. As I said before, so I say it again. That he was buried and that he rose again on the third day according to scriptures. That is wherein, how by, we are saved. According to scriptures. What scriptures? According to Paul, Galatians, Romans, 1 Corinthians. The scripture available to Paul at the time was the entirety of the Jewish scripture. The Old Testament as we call it. The law and the prophets. Moses to Zechariah, Isaiah, Jeremiah, Psalms, Proverbs. According to scriptures. What is the implications of this gospel? That Jesus died for our sins, that he was buried, and that he rose again on the third day. What are the implications of that? Excuse me. Jesus died for our sins. Well, in uh, Romans 6.23, it says, The wages of sin is death. But the free gift of God is eternal life in Jesus Christ, our Lord. So we got the bad news. We got the good news. The wages of sin is death. Now we could all do go by a show of hands. Has anybody ever told a lie? We could continue. Has anybody ever disrespected their parents? Has anybody ever taken something that did not belong to them? We could continue. And continue, and we could get to six or seven and go, we are absolutely miserable failures in keeping the law of God. And we could continue on 613 times if we so desire. But we could stop at four. We could stop at two. And then even Jesus, he says, the law and the prophets, this is the, like the, the summation of the law. Love God with all your heart, might, mind, and strength. And love your neighbor as yourself. How about zero for two for me? There is moments in my life where I am not worshiping God. There is moments in my life where I'm not actually directly thinking about God. Is that my heart, whole mind? 
And then my heart, we could not go there. It just wants more tacos. <laughs> Miserable failure, zero fertility. He simplified it from 613 to 10 to 2. Fail. Lord, have mercy on me, the sinner. He was buried. He died for our sins and he was buried because that's what you do with dead people. His life processes have ceased. He attained room temperature. He was dead. Not mostly dead, not a little bit dead. Okay. And then he was raised again on the third day. Raised. God raised Jesus from the dead. He's not in the tomb. He's not still nailed to that cross, that torturous execution device on which he died for our sins. What's the implications of this? Death died. Death has lost its power over life. Death has lost its sting. Does that not speak peace to you? You don't need to fear death. Thank you. Amen. Death has lost its power. Back to Galatians. For I would have you know, brethren, that the gospel that was preached by me is not according to man. Like I said, if it was an invention of man, there would be good works involved. There would be good works outrunning the bad works. A scale of justice. Am I more better than I am more worse? Good luck with that. Try that with a judge. I know I killed a man, but... I helped a little old lady across the street and bought somebody lunch one day. So? Because we have all sinned against a holy, righteous God. And without Jesus, we have no hope. We can't do it. We can't maintain it. It's all by Him. <laughs> Excuse me. For I neither received it from men, nor was I taught it, but I received it through a revelation of Jesus Christ in the same way that Paul is an apostle. Not through a genealogy, or not through a succession, or not appointed by men, not voted on. There wasn't a group of men in Jerusalem that says, you know, I think... Paul here uh, should be an apostle. It, was, it wasn't their idea. Because if you remember from, from the text of Acts, that Paul was one who was persecuting the Christians. In fact, when he encountered the resurrected Jesus, he was on his way to Damascus 
with paperwork, with arrest warrants for the Christians in Syria to arrest them, bring them back to Jerusalem to have them tried and executed. And if you remember from the book of Acts, Stephen was stoned. He was a Christian. They threw rocks at him till he was dead. You know where Paul was? He was holding their jackets. Standing in approval of the murder of Stephen. So he wasn't taught this by men. He didn't get it from a theological seminary or from a kibbutz or from wherever he was. He got it on the side of the road. He got knocked in the dirt. He got blinded. And he got taught. And I'm fairly certain there was a substantial amount of time for him to be taught by the revelation of Jesus Christ this gospel, which he defines so eloquently in 1 Corinthians chapter 13 and 13 or 15 in the first four chapters. He did not receive it from men. He was not taught it, but through a revelation of Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ and God the Father is the source of grace, his unmerited favor upon us, who calls us according to his will into his grace and into his peace to teach us this gospel that what? Jesus died for our sins. I said it before, I'm going to say it again. That he was buried and that he rose again on the third day according to scriptures. We really thought that this was going to be about Galatians chapter 1 verses 1 through 12. But this is the takeaway. The gospel of Jesus Christ. The good news. There are other gospels, brothers and sisters, people on the internet. There's gospel of good works that we might be saved by obedience to laws and ordinances. May it never be. We are saved by the blood of the crucified, resurrected Jesus who died for our sins, who was buried and who rose again on the third day according to Scripture. If he died for our sins, that means we don't have to. In Romans 6.23, the wages of sin is death. Well, that's our workaround. That's our way out. The way. The truth, the life. And what does he ask? He asks for us to love him, to keep his commandments, even though we're miserable failures, right? To love our wives as Jesus loved the church. For us to love each other so that everyone will know that we're his disciples. Should I continue? I'm still a miserable failure. I'm trying to make it easier and easier, but honestly, a miserable failure. But by the grace of God go I. It's him who calls, him who redeemed, him who has given me peace between God and man. And I can exist in this present evil age and not fear. It's, even, it's, it's, it's as if I'm walking through the valley of the shadow of death. Fear no evil. Peace. Grace and peace. Grace and peace from God the Father and our Lord Jesus Christ with this revealed scripture.
with this revealed gospel according to scripture. And it is an amazing thing. If it were invented by man, we'd be in a squirrel cage and it'd be a never-ending uphill, pay more, do more. May it never be. May us be called. May us fall into his grace and have peace. And I do look at this present evil age with what's happening in Washington and Michigan, California, Calgary, Afghanistan. And I think yesterday, like I said before, yesterday was a present evil age. And I think it has always been a present evil age. You think Stephen thought, oh, things can only get worse as he was being stoned. It has always been the present evil age. So it's evil now. It was evil. And it began to be evil when Adam and Eve disobeyed God. This is the present evil age, but he has saved us. He has saved us from the present evil age. So the gospel, I said it before, I'm going to say it again, that Jesus died for our sins. And that he was buried and that he rose again on the third day according to scriptures. There was even people that saw him, Paul being one of them. So this gospel, this good news, not another, not a gospel, not good news. And angels don't come down from heaven and preach another gospel that contradicts what we have just read. That would be ridiculous. So... Let's pray, and then uh, let's all, uh, we'll have our last song, and then we will head over and celebrate a baptism over at Paul Ream Park. <coughs> Excuse me, Father in heaven, thank you for your love, your grace, your mercy, your peace, which you have called us to rescue us, to deliver us out of this present evil age. Father, let us live so that you are glorified. Father, we pray that you would take us in your grace and in your peace over to Paul Ream Park so that we can celebrate this time where a believer will be baptized according to your commandments. Lord Jesus, thank you for dying for our sins. Thank you for forgiving us of our sins. Thank you for calling us and drawing us, for making us yours, for purchasing us, your bondservants, your slaves. And thank you that it is finished. Thank you for rescuing us out of the squirrel cage of good works, of self-improvements of 13 and 14 steps, 10 steps. Thank you, thank you. We love you. We praise you. We adore you. We worship you. We thank you for your word in Jesus' name. Amen. <laughs>